on your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. You want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. Turn it up. Turn it up. Now, live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. I don't know, man. I'm a grown-ass man. I like to think I'm in good shape. Take care of myself. After that weekend, a weekend where I basically spent the vast majority of the time sitting on my ass watching sports, I am exhausted. Mm. Mentally, physically drained. And largely over teams and players I have absolutely no connection to whatsoever and within this weekend we may have seen the greatest game ever played for any sort of significant outcome in human history like that's how insane and even that could be overshadowed though by other sporting events from this weekend what did we watch Ken Levick alive on a Monday here on ESPN 106.3 free ESPN app and on your smart speaker and a John Levine Action and Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point Towers, right off of the very comfortable and sunny Intracoastal. Bless you, Lord, for this beautiful weather outcome. It only took you three extra months. Stone Labanowitz, Friday Night Lights, Radio Life Partner. He runs this catastrophe until 2 o'clock. Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5. Bang, UFLX baby. Fox 29. Yeah. He was not initially supposed to be in his Monday seat. He was supposed to take the day off. But I you know what he it. said? He said, damn it, get me on the air. And I said, I obliged. Hey, man, I needed it, man. I, I uh, it, it is my off day, officially, and I'm supposed to be back home kicking it. I had to do some bargaining with the fiance. All right. And she was like, you know what? Go Sorry, ahead and Ash. do it. She'll be all right. She's yeah. all right. She'll She's be all right. right. All right. I just want to make sure we don't have any ancillary issues. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, no. We'll that. be good at right. home. I keep right. the home front solid, <laughs> solid enough. <laughs> everything's everything's being held down. I can't wait to pound those guys. <laughs> uh-huh. And that's why Theo's here. All right. So I I know that I tend to get hyperbolic, okay? And I know you don't that say. I, I, I tend to exaggerate <laughs> things at times and use robust vocabulary to try and really drive a point home when maybe it's just not that serious. I'm going to make this declaration, though, now. Argentina, France, World Cup final yesterday. Argentina ends a 36-year drought, a 36-year world championship drought. Might be the best game with any sort of consequence that we have ever seen in our lifetimes or any lifetime. 3-3 going to penalties, Argentina wins. That might have been the greatest game ever played in any sport, period. Eh. It was as thrilling, as high quality, as superstar laden as anything I can remember in my lifetime. And I think this goes for those who maybe have double or even triple my lifetime. That was absolutely jaw-dropping words cannot possibly express clearly how epic that three hours was yesterday. It was basically a movie. It was. It was a blockbuster movie. 
Like, mm. it all seemed like it was scripted. Mm. You almost had a feeling something was going to happen. You knew that Mbappe was going to be the one who was going to push them, who was going to make it interesting, and boy, did he. I agree with you 110%. I, I thought it was scripted. It was literally like watching a movie. So think about this, Theo. The storyline's going in. Lionel Messi, arguably the greatest soccer player of all time, okay? This, in his final World Cup, is his last chance for the coronation. He goes in with the weight not only of Argentina on his shoulders, but really the weight of the world on his shoulders. He is a global brand, a global presence, and his legacy will not be complete, even as arguably the greatest player ever if he doesn't win this World Cup, right? So there's that in and of itself. Has he surpassed Pele? Was that... Uh, I think this puts him in the discussion with Pele. Okay. I think it's a, a two-man discussion now. Okay, Pele and Lionel Messi. And I, Argentinians will try and tell you Diego Maradona, but I think mm. it's probably Pele and Messi. A little controversy around Maradona. Yeah. I know that oh, much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not a big soccer guy, but I remember his you name know him. next to controversy. You, you, yeah. Know, yeah, you know him because of uh, his, his, his sniffy times. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't really appreciate him for his soccer times, okay? If you're comparing Pele and Messi, man, it's just a, the gap of generations. Like, yeah. I would tell you, somebody who's 24 years old, that Pele can't touch Messi. If they probably, were, if they yeah, sure. ball in the probably sure. so. Yeah, but yeah. Pele, like, Pele is a name that just it it transcends yeah. generations. Yeah. Though he is, you know, he's the Michael Jordan, right? Yeah. Uh, and and again, I apologize for those who watch <laughs> soccer that I just did that because I did like the Fox Sports thing, yeah. like trying it's to dumb it down you for Americans. To. But if you are looking for an American comparison, a name that stands the test of time, it is that. Now. Uh, on the other side, you have Messi having to go through the defending world champions with the next greatest player in the world and maybe Ooh. the next player to get into the conversation of greatest player of all time, and that's Kylian Mbappe. 23 years old. Mm. It, it, he, there is him, and then there's everybody else mm. in international soccer. He is one of one. Lionel Messi is a legacy and a brand and an all-timer, but... Pound for pound now, current day, uh-uh. I mean, there's nobody better than Kylian Mbappe, and it's not even close. So, Sick. so Argentina, right away, I mean, from the onset, they are on the front foot. They were dominating France. France looked discombobulated. France looked uh, completely ragged, and Argentina ate them up. So, an early penalty is called. Messi plants that, and it's 1-0 uh, just before the half-an-hour mark of that first half. And then what might be one of the best goals you'll see in a World Cup final, and it develops near midfield, this courtesy of Fox Sports. Lionel Messi in on the buildup, but Di Maria makes it 2-0 in the first half to Argentina. Messi pulling Alvarez on the run. So it's just chaos after that. It's 2 nothing Argentina. And at that point, and I told my wife we were watching this, and of course, in the Levica household, you're watching on Telemundo, not allowed to watch the English side of things wow. when it comes to soccer in is the Levica household. Is that why your Spanish is so good? Uh, <laughs> no, not like he it's understood not anything. No, I did not said. understand more than 15% of what was being <laughs> said, maybe. But you know what? You get the passion. So Argentina, though. It doesn't just stop there. They go into the second half, and France still looks absolutely horrendous. And so the goal scorer, Di Maria, comes off in the 65th minute because now 
all Argentina do, is doing is subbing on defenders because this is a done deal. We're going to see this through. France is doing nothing. France, Theo, not a shot on goal. Didn't take its first shot mm. until the 70th minute. The 70th oh. minute of a 90-minute match, down 2-0, and France didn't take its first shot until the 70th minute. That is wild. But then, but then Argentina gets sloppy. And in the 80th minute, an obvious teardown in the box, a just lazy Argentinian defending leads to a penalty. Of course, it's going to be Mbappe to take the penalty. And this happened. It's just over 10 minutes for stoppage time to go. And Mbappe scores. Martinez got a hand to it. Game on at Lucille with the French president's loving it. So you've got Emmanuel Macron. The French president pumping his fist. Loving it. Surely, surely being handed uh, fistfuls of cash from uh, Qatari leadership. Um, but, but he's in his suite and he's pumping his fist. And, and John Strong on Fox said, game on. We didn't know how game on it was. Because 94 seconds later, the man you just heard from, killing Mbappe again. Trying to find Mbappe now. He'll steer back inside. Tyrone. And we're tied. All level. 2-2. Killing Mbappe. And Stone was in his car listening to ESPN 106.3. And whoever was on uh, ESPN radio at that point, uh, they had said, oh, it's over. It's over. It's over. They went to a commercial break. By the time they had come back, it was 2-2. Wow. By the time in one radio commercial break, Killing Mbappe himself had drawn the match level at 2. It was, so it was 2-0. It was 2-0. They went to break, and it was 2-2. It was no 2-0 way. in the 77th minute, and one of the hosts said, why are we, you know, it's over. Let's just wrap this thing up. Argentina's up 2-0. Right? There's only 10 minutes left in regulation, yeah. and they literally went to a commercial break that I would imagine is three minutes, three yeah. and a half minutes. They came back, and it was 2-2. How did they come back out of that break? It was awesome. So he pulled the audio right off the rip of yeah. him saying it was over, and the other guy's laughing at him saying, you don't know anything about soccer. And it was crickets. Like, they came back from commercial break and didn't say a word, oh and then they all God. just burst out laughing. Yep, yep, because they knew. They knew. That's sick. So, so think about it. You've got Lionel Messi, the greatest player in the world. The one thing he's missing is the world championship. Mm. This is his final World Cup match ever. And here he is. Seems like destiny is on Argentina's side. The red carpet's been rolled out to hoist the trophy, and then the best player in the world comes and says, mm. uh-uh. Now this is happening. They didn't have a shot until the 70th minute, and in a 94-second span, it's 2-2. Like, that is the beginning of this movie, because the then it would continue. Oof. It goes to extra time, two 15-minute sessions, and France twice almost scores in the opening 15 minutes. They do not, and that leads to the man, Lionel Messi, the man... With the legacy on the line, the man with the country and the world putting pressure on him, he comes through when superstars come through. Montiel, Messi's way offside. Lifted forward, Latour Martinez is going to get to that one. Knocks it down for Messi. Into the middle, Fernandez. Latour Martinez, save Messi! So this is in the second of the 15 minutes. The second of the 15 minutes. Uh, so you have, at this point, 
you have seven minutes left to play in what's already been an extra time World Cup final. Mm. And Leon, you couldn't draw it up any better. Lionel Messi with the World Cup winning goal. I mean, how can you beat that? That is, uh, that's pretty epic. Again, this feels like it feels scripted. Yeah. It feels like a superhero movie that's scripted. I mean, we watched Lionel Messi grow up as a kid. He always wanted to play soccer. And, and then this is the final stage. And and Lionel Messi, just think about it. In this in this country, in mm. this country, now we're in an area that's very soccer heavy here in South Florida. But even in Omaha, Nebraska, almost anyone you ask who knows a damn about anything sports-wise knows who Lionel Messi is. You know who Messi is. He has that name, right? Maradona, Pele, Ronaldo. Messi, right? A, 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 no matter who you're asking, they know who he is. Yeah. So here he is on the precipice of his all-time greatness about himself to put himself in the rarest of rare errors when it comes to an international humanity superstar in sports. But then here comes the world's greatest player again. It was not done. Argentina with a sloppy handball with basically two minutes left. In extra time, yes. 118th minute, point to the spot off the handball, and Messi's dreams vanquished again. And who steps up to take the penalty? Oh, yeah, Kylian Mbappe. Mm. On the 118th minute, yes! I mean, how do these things happen? How do these things happen? So then, after nearly, nearly watching France at the death, almost win it, we go to penalties. And if from there, you have Argentina. They get off to a good start, and France clearly was not ready for the moment. After Mbappe scores his opening goal, they miss the next two. Man. And so now everything is setting up. And you're wondering, how can Argentina screw this up? <laughs> right. By the way, real quick, Lionel Messi shot first for Argentina. And even with all of that pressure on him, the weight of the globe on his shoulders, what does he do? Throws a change up he at their ass. He slowly walks up to the ball, and he just pushes it with the side of his foot, dribbles it into the left side of the goal as the keeper dives the other way. Yeah. Like, just as cheeky as possible, as calm as possible, as badass, as cocky as possible, in the biggest moment of what has been nothing but a life of success. Yeah, that was like, uh, that's awesome. That was epic. I'll be honest. This is before the penalty kicks is when I finally convinced my fiance to allow me to start watching it with all her right. and got her out. So we watched all of the penalty kicks. And her first question was, well, why did the guy dive out of the way? I was like, he didn't want to. Right. He wanted to stop him. But Messi just kind of it was a mind game. Yeah. almost. Yeah. Just just punked him. Yeah. And, and, and again, this is Hugo Lloris. He was one of the best goalkeepers in the world. And he just got punked by Lionel oh, Messi. You, you, you have to understand how confident you are in a moment like that to throw a change up I, at yeah. somebody. Yeah. Just it, completely roll it by him because it was coming uh, at the half speed of what yeah. everybody else's PKs were. Awesome. It was awesome. If, if the goalie doesn't dive there, he's able to easily save that. No doubt. If he doesn't dive off oh, the yeah. rip. Yeah, but who's not going to dive off the rip to one side? <laughs> right, right. That's tough. So then it comes to the penultimate kick of the five for Argentina. All they need to do, though, is plant it because uh, Argentina has taken care of its business in penalties. They've mi they missed back-to-back. -back. And uh, let's actually, Stone, could we hear from Telemundo, Andres Cantor? Yeah, we, we have, have it. the Telemundo. Awesome. So here is the only way. You can hear how this epic movie of a match ended yesterday is through 
the voice of Andres Cantor and a little bit of background with Andres Cantor. He is the Spanish language soccer voice of America. He has spent decades as Telemundo's voice of soccer, both domestic and internationally. He is the man who invented goal. That's him. He invented that. He invented that? that? It only exists because Uh, of him, okay? He was born and raised in Argentina. He came to Southern California as a teenager. So he has embraced the United States. He claims the U.S. national team is one of his, but his heart is in Argentina. That's Mm. where he's born, where he was raised. It's what he knows. So keep in mind, as you're listening to this, this man who has spent his career revolutionizing broadcasting in the game of soccer, who has seen countless heartbreak for Argentina over the last 36 years, this is what you're hearing, all of that coming out as he calls the final converted penalty to give Argentina the world championship on Telemundo. Amazing. Mm. Weeping openly as Argentina celebrates the World Cup. Now, you may be wondering, Ken, what was Andres Cantor saying? <laughs> oh, yeah, I think we were. All right. So here's he what said I Argentina, know that much. Yeah, he he definitely said that. What I want you to what I want to try and do here, Stone, is play that again, and I'm going to try to in real time oh, translate is... for you what what Andres Cantor is saying on Telemundo, okay? I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this. So keep in mind, the first thing he says, Montiel, that's the player that converted the penalty. Okay. Okay? This is awesome. I heard Muy Ben. Here we go. There's Montiel. Montiel. So you know the first part there, obviously. Argentina champion. Argentina world champions. Argentina world champions. Argentina world champions. Argentina world champions. Now here's where it gets good. From the sky. Diego did it. Diego Maradona. Suquifo did it. These are all past Argentinian soccer legends. Tata did it. Luque did it. 
You guys did it from the sky. Argentina world champion. Messi is a world champion. It couldn't be done in any other way if it wasn't by suffering. Argentina, the Argentina national team of Lionel Scaloni is world champion. Argentina, Argentina world champion. Manolo, who's his sidekick, who won a World Cup in 1986, is sitting next to him, and at that point he grabs his arm and puts his head into Manolo's shoulders and mm. starts to cry. Like, how yeah. good is that? That is sports, man. That's one of the greatest sports moments you're ever going to find, you're ever going to see, you're ever going to hear. You can watch the visuals of that, but you feel the same emotion hearing it. And that's what made yesterday so special with that exquisite sporting presentation, that World Cup final. Mm, mm, mm. That was uh, that's uh, that's gonna that's gonna win some awards right there. Mm-hmm. That's probably gonna win some awards You're right damn there. Damn right. I, I mean, I I have, I was trying to think back. I don't know of another American or North American sporting event that has something like that on the line, that was nearly as compelling, or performative or excellent or transformative is that like i don't know i don't know i don't think we care enough about any one thing in specific like i would I, like someone's going to try and compare it to a super bowl no, no and that's what i was about to say like I even would, if the even if the dallas cowboys and i would say that's the only comparable brand that might tie a lot of the nation together again 30 years of suffering if there's anybody that knows that it, it's the dallas cowboys even if the cowboys or the new york knicks won the Super Bowl or the NBA Finals. I don't think the emotion could even get to a, a quarter of that from any one person or even nationwide. No. It's, no, it's no comparison. I wouldn't even go football. I would think World Series packs yeah. more of a historic punch. Probably in this country, sure. Sure, but I'm but, just – I'm like, I think everyone's head, though, where we're at it as an American society now, sports-wise – the immediate thought would be to the Super Bowl. The World yeah, Series just, don't can't hold a candle to that. We didn't even talk about that the day after it happened on this show. But it's one game, right? When you're going through these MLB playoffs, though, I don't know. I, but I feel like historically. But that's historically. why it's a tough comparison yeah. because everything in this country, too, is a series. Like yeah. Everything is a series, mm-hmm. and so that makes it more difficult. It would which have is to why be the Super Bowl. Yeah. And it would have to be the Super Bowl. Like, even 28-3, to 3, it was crazy, but that wasn't a, a – it was a movie for one side. This, this was – it was – Getting punched and answering back. Getting punched, answering back. The greatest in the world at what they do, continually taking swings at one another. You had the storyline of the world championship drought. Like, all of these things. The And actually, this is going to seem weird. The one Super Bowl I could pinpoint that felt like the way the World Cup final transpired yesterday was that Steelers-Cardinals Super Bowl in Tampa, where the Steelers... Went up at halftime on the James Harrison uh, fumble that was brought back. And then the Cardinals fight back, and Larry Fitzgerald has the go-ahead touchdown on the deep ball from Kurt Warner. Then you come back inside of two minutes left to go, and Santonio Holmes has that impossible catch in the corner from Ben Roethlisberger. That's the one Super Bowl, and it's one that we barely remember. That's the one Super Bowl twist and turns-wise that maybe felt a little bit like this from a how it transpired. Mm. But from how we're going to remember it, there's no question that this is one of the greatest 
sporting events of all time, period. Any country, yeah, any place. Nothing's it, stopping it, that. And it took a guy being a grocery bagger to even make that seem like it was a big deal, that Super Bowl with Kurt Warner. Like somebody kind of come from nothing. Like His story. His story. Yeah, if, yeah. if it weren't for Kurt Warner, then I, I think you'd be talking about another game. So uh, Osmataz tweets in, well, what about a comparison of the Miracle on Ice? But other than this country, who cares about the Miracle yeah. on Ice? The Miracle on Ice was is an all-time seminal sporting moment for the United States of America. Nobody in Mexico cares about that. Nobody in Peru cares about that. Nobody in South Africa cares about that. You know who cares about that? The United States of America. Like, that's it. There's nothing that can t- – all right, so we can all agree right here, and this is me, non-soccer guy, that soccer is the biggest sport in the world. Without question, not even close. So if the World Cup is the biggest stage in soccer, then no, nothing else can touch a World Cup final that was also the craziest soccer match maybe of yeah. all time. So it's like, yeah, there's nothing we can compare this to. Yeah, and you're right on, and that's why I brought baseball into the mix because it's more global than the sport of American football. Like, there are plenty of players from the DR. There are plenty of players from all these other countries, and, like, that's why you would tune in to watch David Ortiz and that Boston Red Sox team. Like, if you're Dominican Republic guy like yeah that that's where I think it would go there it's more global but it also just does not matter on American soil yeah. at all and that is as a as an Astros fan mm-hmm. I'm living in it the Astros <laughs> are the reigning world champions you never hear anybody bring it up even <laughs> in mention like the Astros get still are getting trashed for 2017 well it it seems trashed operative it, what seems crazy <laughs> what seems crazy to me though is that that just set the table for ended up, uh, yesterday for what ended up being just one of the most insane am I on psychedelic Sunday <laughs> yeah. that you're ever going to have here sports-wise. And so for me, it was one of the greatest, if not the greatest sporting event I've ever seen with my very own blue eyes. It was one of the greatest sporting events of all time. And so for me, it's obviously the craziest game of the weekend, but I think some would disagree some would disagree if it was the craziest game they saw over the weekend because we have over a handful of different options we can probably throw at you. What was the craziest game you watched this weekend? Do you agree with me it was the World Cup final or was it something from the NFL yesterday? Or was it something from the NBA? What was the craziest game you watched this weekend? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. Because for the love of God, we had the biggest comeback in NFL history over the weekend. And yeah. it seems like 10 years ago, Saturday afternoon into Saturday evening, the biggest comeback in NFL history took place. It is no longer Frank Reich and the Bills coming back in the playoffs against Warren Moon and the Oilers. It is now Kirk Cousins coming back on the Jeff Saturday-led Indianapolis Colts. 36-3, wow. yeah. to three, and the Vikings came back and won it. That is uh that is the most incredible. When I saw that halftime tweet go out by the Minnesota Vikings that said 33 zip and it was just like halftime, I was like, is this real? Because I wasn't watching that game either. I was preparing for a Christmas party. I missed so many of these great games this weekend. I feel like a sucky sports fan. Yeah, yeah that game was the most improbable thing I've ever seen because when they were down, I believe it was 23-0 at the time, Kirk Cousins throws a pick six. Yeah. And a pick six is the nail in the coffin. Like the way it was done, it was on their own minus 10. Throws a pick six. They go up 30 rip. And there's still some time in the half. And that's uh, when I didn't necessarily tune out. Like, I, I still watch the game from start to finish. But, like, not, like, attentively. Like, right. I didn't. It, I didn't, I didn't, it was just on. Yeah. It was like, just on. And they were up 30 
three to zero at halftime. Like I don't care if you're playing eleven orangutans. It's hard to come back in American football, tackle football <laughs> from thirty six to three. Yeah. Okay. Now orangutans are actually relatively mean primates, and so. I probably am not giving them enough credit yeah. for how well they could have played defense against the Minnesota Vikings. That said, like, how does that happen? I, how does that happen? I still, I still contend that the uh, the Colts and Texans are tanking in in, in um, plain sight here. But I mean, if they're doing that, I don't understand why they're taking this path. I don't understand it either. A but historic, also- <laughs> we blew it path. And the, the, the and and I disagree with the Texans because I saw the Texans with my very own eyes three weeks ago, and they played the worst half of football I've ever seen anyone, high school, college, or pros play when they came into Hard Rock Stadium. Oh yeah, no, no, the like Texans, listlessly dead. Exactly, and and then what did they go and do after that? They almost beat the Cowboys, but they, then let them have and it. And they should have beat the Chiefs. And they should have beat the Chiefs and let them have it. The Texans are tanking in plain sight. They have their sights on Bryce Young, and I get it. But also, it is weird that they keep on making it so close. Like, at least they're trying to make it interesting. Uh, can we hear the NFL Network call the way by the uh, ne- NFL Network call of the Vikings game-winning field goal? And my guy from FAU, yes, sir. Craig Joseph, mm. putting that right foot, that Boca bread right foot. He was born in South Africa. Boca bread right foot into that football and completing the biggest comeback in NFL history. And the kick. It's good. It's good. It's a winner at U.S. Bank Stadium. And the Vikings are kings of the north once again. Greg Joseph, as cold as the weather in Minnesota. G-Money. Yeah. Nobody's ever called him G-Money, but I like it. G-Money, Greg Joseph, as cold as the weather outside the building in Minnesota. Yeah, I don't know if he, uh, he that one hit as hard as he thought it was. That was the yeah. wackest and call it, I've, I know. I've ever heard. It is pretty whack, and if you know Greg Joseph, there is no way anyone's ever calling him G-Money. G-Money. <laughs> yeah. Trust me, he has never heard that at all. To celebrate. What was the like craziest it. game you watched this weekend? Because, Jesus, God, there are tons of options here. What was the craziest game you watched this weekend? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Don't, should we break and then take calls? Should we take calls and then go to break? What do you want to do? You tell me. You're the boss, man. You're in charge. Let's take a quick break here. I trust the guys that can stay on hold. Love it. What was the craziest game you watched this weekend? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. He's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. Coming to you on an off day. I love it. I'm mm. Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Don't fret. You haven't missed it yet. It is a dog bleep Monday here on Ken LaVica Live. That'll come up at 1 o'clock. Robert Sala, give it to me. Um, it's dog That's right. A dog bleep Monday, 1 o'clock here on Ken LaVica Live. So much insanity, chaos, upheaval in sports this weekend. The World Cup final, amazing. One of the greatest sporting events I've ever seen, period, all time, humanity. The NFL was on meth all weekend. 
What was the craziest game you watched this weekend? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Before we get to calls, Theo, what, and I know you said you were out and about. You were all over the place. This man's traveling this weekend. He's got the holidays. Mm. The man's planning for a wedding. He's also on your TV screen. He's broadcasting all over the place. So your options were limited. What's the craziest game you saw this weekend? The craziest game I was actually able to watch start to finish and not just tuning in here and there was Sunday night football's game. Uh, Giants, Commanders, looked like both of them just really wanted to tie again. Looked like, looked like <laughs> They were feeling it. And, I, and I've told y'all this before. Sunday night football games, my only wish is just get the game done in regulation so I can go home. We are at WPTV, an NBC station. We don't go on until live after Sunday night football ends. I jokingly earlier in the day with, with Brian and, and Keeley and Tyree, the TV uh, team, said, you know what, we didn't have very many overtime games this year. Just one so far, no big delays. It's been smooth sailing. And then Taylor Heineke mm-hmm. starts driving that damn field. And I'm sorry, the kick return from, what was it, McKissick, I think, gets it to like the 40. Heineke, one pass down the sideline. They're already in scoring distance. And I said, Brian, we're going to be here all night. I told you my boy was clutch. He's like, he's that dude. I've been watching him since college with the Monarchs when he was tearing up on my Pirates. So that, uh, and then for the refs, Doing a classic, and I was I was a referee just a year and a half ago uh-huh. on the high school level. Uh-huh. Um, high school and middle school basketball was my expertise. And every now and then, as a referee, you're like, you know what? Check your watch. You know, your game check is the same no matter if it goes into overtime or regulation and you want to get home to the family. <laughs> you said, hey, we just did this two weeks ago with the Giants and the Commanders. They already had their overtime uh-huh. fun and they tied it out. Then ref said, yo, I'm ready to go. And they got on out of there. That was definitely a defensive pass interference. And uh, they did not have to call McLaurin um, lined up, you know, illegal formation. Yeah, they missed Bo- three penalties. Both of those calls back-to-back were, it is time to get out of here before y'all boys make us do overtime and not get paid for it. Hey, uh, speaking of officiating this weekend in the NFL, I know I know that, that we here at ESPN West Palm and me – um, especially, we have great love for Kair Elam. We love his father, Abe, Kair, mm. just an outstanding football player, South Florida product. Benjamin, we're proud of him. We are proud of him. But I'm going to tell NFL officials this. He hasn't done anything in this league yet. You don't need to give him special favors. He committed at least two and probably three pass interferences on Tyreek Hill. Mm. You mean to tell me on Saturday night NFL officials were giving Kyer freaking Elam the benefit of the doubt over the best receiver in all of football? That was embarrassing. Kyer Elam was literally on two plays tackling Tyreek Hill Five yards before the ball got there. Play on, play on, yeah. play on. Oh, but then we're going to get Cater Kohu uh, on the, the the final Bills <laughs> possession for pass interference. What a bunch of nonsense. And, hey, uh, Josh Allen can be called for penalties, you know. He had a br- an absolutely brutal intentional grounding that wasn't called. And on the same plate, hit a lineman who should have been illegal touching, too. Pick one. I don't care. Pick one. <laughs> Throw the fuck on one. But Kyrie Elam, I love him. I love him. But he does not deserve any singular benefit of the doubt against anyone, especially Tyree Kill. And the Dolphins got jobbed over and over again Saturday night. I woke up this morning, and I told myself, I hope to dear God, Ken doesn't mention any of these pass interference calls. <laughs> because all Dolphins fans did Sunday, 
I'm seeing it this morning. It's post slow motion videos of guys putting their arms on Tyreek Hill. Oh, I don't, I don't complain need slow about motion. It. I saw it in real time. <laughs> I know a, I, I saw him play in high school. I know a Kyrie Elam tackle when I see it, and he was tackling Tyreek Hill before the ball got there all Saturday night. One of the ones that us Dolphins fans were complaining about was like nine and a half minutes left on the clock. Like, like well, well before this game was coming down to the wire, and we're we're crying about an OPI Cost call him a first down with ten minutes left on the clock. Uh, we can, every single fan base, every single though. team can do this. We're, uh, it's not that hard to go through your game and figure out missed calls. But when you're watching it in real, I feel you because I remember the Chiefs-Titans game in primetime from earlier this year, and them D-backs was, was hauling my guys all game long, and yeah. it's frustrating to watch. Uh, let's go to the phones. Craziest physical. game you watched this weekend. What was the craziest game you watched this weekend? 888-760-3776. 888 888- Seven six zero three seven seven six. Tweeted us at KLV one zero six three. That's eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. Oh, by the way, Buffalo meteorologists, you all a bunch of hacks. You're all a bunch of hacks, all of you. You should be ashamed of yourselves. Best job in the you world. You embarrassed yourself. Who oh, snow, 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 apocalypse? Oh, no snow until three minutes left to go in that game. You, you people embarrassed yourselves. You are a stain on the profession. Drew is in West Palm. Drew's on Ken Levick alive. Hey, Drew. What up, what up, what up? What's going on, brother? So, I'll tell you this. Good. Me and a couple of my Raider fans were going bonkers at the <laughs> bar last night, uh-huh. watching, buying shots like crazy, <laughs> because we hate the Patriots. Mm-hmm. We literally hate the Patriots. Ever since January 19, 2002, how we got screwed over on everything like that, because they call it the tough Speaking rule, of snow. That was... Nonstop. Seconds of that game and seeing Chandler Jones literally demolish Mac Jones in the face <laughs> was the best game I ever seen, I gotta say, this season. Uh-huh. Just just doing that was the best. Just the I, I we I have a gif on my phone mm-hmm. of him just literally and mm-hmm. watching it replay, replay, replay of him just Chandler Jones. Even though he has not done a good share this year, but he did his job yesterday. By making us all happy. I, Hands down. I Winning love the it. game, smashing Jones, killing Belichick, even though we have almost half the Patriots on our team, mm. which is BS, by the way. <laughs> but our coach, I think, should be fired. But that's besides the other point. Mm. But watching that game, best. Best thing ever. Yep. Best, best, best. Drew. And let me tell you something. Yeah. I don't even know how much my bar tab was, but I got to say, I probably bought maybe like 30, 40 shots. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> get up that tab. Let's go, Drew. I appreciate that, though. I appreciate that, though. Don't even, from someone who has who has gotten drunk over sports and just continually bought people shots uh, recklessly, don't look at your bank statement. Mm. Just don't do it. Just let it, hey, you, as long as you aren't overdrawn, don't even look back at it. 30, 40 shots is like $1,500. Like, it, 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 it's up there. It's don't, up there. Like I said, don't even don't look even at know. it. Don't, don't even know. Don't even look at also, it. Also, is he from New York? I like, don't know. It was like a, the accent. I was like, this does not sound like a Vegas, L.A. side, at Oakland, you know Raiders what I'm fans are everywhere. They are. Uh, let's, let's hear the greatness. That is tied at 24. Mm. Final play of the game. I titled it Patriots WTF. Uh-huh. The 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 New England Patriots decide they're going to run a play and according to post-game interview it was just a basic draw. All it was supposed to be was a basic draw. But then they started lateraling and then hilarity ensued. 
because Jacoby Myers decided that Mac Jones should get back involved <laughs> in what was supposed to be a draw play, and Mac Jones didn't realize that he was going to have Chandler Jones bearing down on him with his massive defensive body, and hilarity ensued with the, as Evan Cohen called it, and he's right, the dumbest play in NFL history. Here's how the Patriots lost yesterday on CBS. Doc Hollins out on defense. He's all the way back. As Stevenson is inside the 30, flips it back. Stanford band nowhere in sight. Uh Uh-oh. It's picked off. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, Oh, no. Unbelievable. No. No, no. no. Incredible. Chandler Jones takes it in and wins the game for the Raiders. That is so good. Man. A 45-yard what goes down as a fumble return for a touchdown on a a cross-field Lateral that gets picked off by Chandler Jones. He stiff arms Mac Jones into the artificial surface mm. in Las Vegas. I mean, absolutely disrespects him, walks over him like Allen Iverson over Tyron Lowe, and touchdown the other way for the Raiders, the Patriots. The smartest coach, the smartest team, the most disciplined. They're better than everybody else. Mm. They are the brains of the NFL operation. They, with the biggest water-headed play in NFL history. I love it, and Patriots fans, I hope you choke on it. Mm, 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 mm. <clears throat> the, the, uh, the, the funniest part about this is the, uh, the renowned Raiders fan of ESPN West Palm, Brian McLovin Rowitz. I just so happened to be with him last night while this was going on. So I watched a lot of the <laughs> game with him in the TV offices at WPTV before the game actually got into the final frame. We were actually recording a show that's going to air tonight, the RoofPaint.com Book Raton Bowl special. So he's producing. Yeah. Make sure you tune in. WPTV tonight. It's at 7 p.m. Okay, 7 o'clock. WPTV News Channel 5. Tap in. Uh, So he's in the studio, in the uh, control room producing. Myself and Tyree Smith are anchoring. And we have no clue how this game is ending. We're probably assuming it's going to go to overtime. Right. We're anchoring going along. Well, so did Bill Belichick and Matt Jones. (laughs) We come out of it, and Brian was like, I wanted to scream in you guys' ears. We were like, what are you talking about? He was like, the Raiders won. I'm like, how did the Raiders win? Like, what happened? He's like, a lateral play. So we all rushed back to the uh, to the, to the the room to watch it back. And, dude, I still, to, the, like, to this moment, I'm thinking, if you're Jacoby Myers. What are you thinking, man? I'm just like, what is the be- cost, cost? They cost benefit here. If you Even if Mac Jones catches the ball, what the hell is he going to do with it? Right. And he's you think, the furthest back dude like, on the field. Does Jacoby Myers know that Mac Jones can't just wind up and launch it down the field yeah, again? Do you right. think he knows that? Because that's, that's a good the question. only reason Mac Jones would get involved is if you thought he could wind up and even, throw it again. Even if he could throw it again, yeah, why that's would not you gonna, put it? Right. Bill Belichick had that option before the ball was snapped. Yeah, he could have thrown a Hail Mary, yeah. and he clearly doesn't think Mac Jones <laughs> so, can throw it that So far. don't give the ball to Mac Jones when Bill Belichick clearly did not want the ball in the hands of Mac Jones. That was and incredible. For everybody watching wondering why – you know, he threw it right to Chandler Jones. Like, I can speak from a quarterback's perspective. He didn't see big-ass Chandler oh, no, Jones. No like, way. obviously had no clue he was in the vicinity. At, at what point do you think he started going, uh-oh, 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 like as the ball is at its apex? Because he looped it. I wonder how long he had to watch that <laughs> ball 
head towards the turf knowing that, oh, my God, this is going to get picked off. Worse, because he got rocked right after he threw it. So he's tumbling in the background. Oh, you're right. He got popped. So he's standing up, and he probably gets the first glimpse of just the stiff arm into the crater of earth that he made (laughs) Mac Jones sit there. let's not forget, too, he ran a good 15 yards backwards before he threw that ball towards Mac Jones. He's running backwards. <laughs> He's what is the best case scenario? Best case scenario, Mac Jones catches it and falls down. That he gets at least 15 yards up the field, turns, no. throws a missile back to somebody else. <laughs> Obviously, a lateral. Mac Jones ain't throwing no it. missiles. Man. Mac Jones not that throwing missiles. That dude's not throwing any missiles. He's not dude. getting 15 yards up the field. Uh-uh. All right, not with everybody. Not with now, no eligible receivers down. The what field. I love about Mac Jones is he clearly doesn't think that there's any way the ball's coming back to him. By the time he realizes that the ball is coming back oh. to him, he looks and he sees. You can see it <laughs> from the back angle. He sees Chandler Jones. So instead of uh, – he, he doesn't – I don't think it registered with him like, hey, I can go make a play on this ball, maybe not get to the turf instead. And it still would have been a live ball yeah. in all fairness to him. But he instead goes into defensive mode and crouches down as if he's going to prepare <laughs> to tackle Chandler Jones. And what happens after that? Chandler Jones takes two steps, has his hand right in Mac Jones' face mask, and Mac Jones goes through the turf. <laughs> that is uh, – so what – so – I guess uh, Mac Jones also made the calculation is I'm not jumping with Chandler Jones. Yeah, that is weird. Like, I did think, like, Mac Jones probably could have tried to make a play on that ball, but he's also like, I'm a quarterback, he, and that's Chandler yeah, Jones. Yeah, but you're trying to make a play. Like, it's a fumble regardless. So if you bat that thing down, it's still a live is ball. He gonna is he going to go it? there and But and, you know what he should have done? Mac Jones wouldn't have reached that ball. Mac Jones, no. Jones should have just, like, thrown himself onto Chandler Jones' like shoulders and, like, and like held on for dear life. There's no pass interference. Yeah. Just wrap yourself around him like a sloth. Also, take the flag. Anything but what happened. Yeah. You know, I think that's been my favorite part about this. Every Joe Schmo at home is asking themselves, like, if I'm in Mac Jones' position, what's the best plan of attack? <laughs> like, am I grabbing onto the leg like a tree trunk? No, because then he can toss the ball back. Am I going after that ball? Am I trying to bat it down like everybody, trying to figure out what's the best plan of action here? You got right, so In retrospect, I think I just would have hung on to him and prayed. <laughs> Even but you would have contested. You would have tried to contest. I think the best play nah, there. No, I don't him, know though. I'm soft. I probably would have been like, I would have just grabbed his ankles before the ball got there and said, "Jesus, take the wheel." Even he would have just tossed <laughs> the ball back to somebody else. Your best chance there is to compete with him while he's going for the ball because yeah. at least he has two objectives to take care of instead right. of one. Right. Mac Jones did the mistake of letting him take care of catching the ball. Then he took care of Mac Jones. Yeah. I get, the problem is, though, if you go up and challenge that ball, there were three Raiders in the yes, vicinity. You could have gotten your ribs exploded yes. into 57 different pieces. And then everybody wins because Bailey Zappi takes over. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I will say that this was – the Miami Miracle's fun, and we like to, to crap on Patriots fans for that and Belichick for that. That doesn't even approach what mm-hmm. the Patriots did yesterday. Mm-mm. Not at like, all. That, that was stunningly dumb. The Miami Miracle, there was nothing on the line for these Miami Dolphins. No. In this case, the Patriots are fighting for a playoff It could have spot. mashed their playoff hopes. It literally could have. Hear me out. Hear me out. Sin City Stunner. I saw it on Twitter. It's not that bad. I give it a. I give no, it a you eight. saw it on Twitter from me. I know. Okay. I know. Oh. I didn't steal it. Oh. I give it. Sin City he, Stunner. He didn't steal it. It was, it was Ken's tweet. I give and, it an 8 out of 10. And media, national media, if you're going to use it, and I'm looking at you, NFL Network especially, you steal it, I want royalties. I don't want to hear Peter Schrager on Good Morning Football throwing that out there mm. without me seeing little checky check. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? 25 cents a pop. That's right. At least. Yeah. At least.
I get 35 cents. Call my non-existent agent. We'll take care of it. What was the craziest game you watched this weekend? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. At KLV1063 on Twitter. What was the craziest game you watched this weekend? And we haven't even touched on the Jets exploding their playoff hopes because they can't get a stop on fourth and inches. Uh, If you're experiencing foot and ankle pain, you need to see an expert in the field. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic Foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine and sports medicine care. Visit baptishealth.net slash orthocare for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptishealth.net slash orthocare. What was the craziest game you watched this weekend? There were a ton of them. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And on Twitter, at KLV1063. He's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Hey, Stone, what do you know about FAU basketball? Hoo! Hoo! Is that a howl? That wasn't a howl. That was a hoot. Is that, that's a hoo! A hoot! It's supposed to be a hoot. Man's hoot! They are rolling right now. They're not rolling, they're steamrolling. Steamrolling. They're 10 and 1. They beat up on FIU Saturday. Mm. So get this, FAU, who was top 10 in the nation in three-point shooting, they only shot 27% from the field and still put up 79 in a blowout win because they're unstoppable Mm. and they play 11 guys. They are, according to some mid-major polls, the number one team in all of mid-major college basketball right now. I don't even know what a 17-0 run looks like to end a half. Like, like that that is just domination. It was spectacular. FAU is rolling. By the way, they have an NCAA tournament team coming to uh, Eleanor R. Baldwin Arena Wednesday. Northern Kentucky comes in out of the Horizon League. There's Norse. FAU and the Norse. So, again, FAU, it's not just that they're winning. They're beating big-time mid-major teams as well. And, oh, yeah, the Florida Gators. Go check them out, 866-FAU-WILES, FAUtickets.com. FAU 10-1, and one of the best in mid-major college basketball, one of the best teams in the country, taking on Northern Kentucky Wednesday night at the Borough. Speaking of Boca, speaking of Boca, wouldn't you know it, there's a train going there now. And it's not, that train isn't just FAU basketball. They're a freight train. This is a passenger train. This is the best passenger train. This is the most stress-free way to get through South Florida. You heard it. It's that big yellow train. It's Brightline. It has arrived in Boca Raton. The all-new Boca Raton station is open. It is open for business. You want to get to Boca easily, avoid the traffic, not have to worry about the gridlock. Just get on the yellow train. Get yourself to Boca. You can get on the train, go to Boca, and go see FAU Wednesday night. FAU in Northern Kentucky at the Borough. Get a rapid rail service to and from Brightline's new Boca station, along with the stops in West Palm, Fort Lauderdale, Miami, and now Aventura. Brightline, the best way to skip traffic, get to the game on time. Take Brightline from West Palm and now Boca to see the Heat, the Marlins, the Polar Express ride, and a whole lot more. Go Brightline.com, book your ride now. 
Limited fares starting at just $10. GoBrightline.com, the free Brightline app. That's GoBrightline.com, the free Brightline app, and check out the new Boca Station. What was the craziest game you watched this weekend? 888-760-3776. I texted Stone this yesterday, Theo, and I've done nothing but really kind of crap on this guy for the entirety of his year and three-quarter career. Yep. Uh Uh-oh, kneecaps? No, 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 no. I'm starting to believe in um, Trevor Lawrence. Oh, okay, okay, okay. He can ball. He's good. And, I mean, I am sort of starting to believe in kneecaps as a head coach, too. I can't tell you how warm I got when I read that text from you. Yeah, I knew that that Stone was going to feel some tingles when I said, you know what? I'm starting to believe in Trevor Lawrence. The way he stands back there... The way he's fitting that ball into tight windows, what he did in the second half against the Cowboys yesterday, the infallible Dolphins or uh, infallible Cowboys defense, mm. not so much. Trevor Lawrence tore him up. I mean, tore them up. And when he wasn't tearing them up, then the Jaguars were making Dak Prescott look mid. I mean, mid to bad. Yeah. And it all culminated in them making Dak Prescott look real bad because he threw a game-winning touchdown yesterday. He threw a game-winning touchdown in overtime. It just so happens it was to Dexter Lawrence. Third and four. Blitz coming. Prescott throws backwards. And intercepted. Jenkins has another one. Racing down the sidelines. Rayshon Jenkins is going to win it. So, chaos in Jacksonville. I don't know why I said Dexter Lawrence. I Rayshon was Jenkins. I, was like, yeah, no, that I thought it was, was a corner. Yeah, that was dumb. Uh, Rayshon Jenkins with <laughs> yeah. the uh, with the interception return for a touchdown. Dexter Lawrence covering a deep third. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's dropping back. <laughs> um, so, so, the Jaguars are really good now. Uh, they control their own AFC playoff destiny. But Trevor Lawrence is awesome. And I think that's what happened. I Lawrence on the brain. Yeah, that's probably where that that's comes ex- from. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, no, he, he's a flat-out gamer. Like I, I don't think I like him how he talks to his team and stuff. Like we've seen his hype and his motivational speeches and stuff like that. Like that's turned me off. But as far as what that right arm can do, he's a gamer, and I'll never count him out. Like the way he is, like you said, able to fit throws into windows, the shots he takes down the field, he's starting to take care of the football and. I always say there's no such thing as mediocrity. Bring in Doug Peterson. Bring in a guy who can corral this offense and get them going, and look what these guys are doing right now. Like, that's a crazy finish. Is, is Dak Prescott not good? Dak Prescott's damn good. He's great. He's really hey, good. What do, you, what's your, what, do you, what do you think about old Dak? I, I've, always, I've always kind of been on the fence about Dak Prescott. I think he's better than what cowboys fans are complaining about and what cowboys haters like to parade on like i think he's better than that but is he a like this is gonna sound crazy but like is he a guy that i think he could put a team on his back to win a super bowl no, no. but he could win a super bowl with the cowboys he can yeah. win a super bowl he with can. the cowboys but he's not like a guy that's gonna he's not he is there's there's levels to this now he like so put it to you like this cowboys jaguars in that game which guy out of those two would you rather be like building a team around, Trevor Lawrence or Dak Prescott? Trevor Lawrence? Dak Prescott. You would say Dak? I would. I would say Trevor Lawrence. I would. I think his ceiling is higher. I'm going to say this, too. If we're going to say that Dak Prescott can't put a team on his back, but he could win a Super Bowl with a team, which I agree with, then guess who his neighbor is in that conversation? Tua. Yeah. Tua is neighbors with Dak Prescott when it yeah. comes, to, I think, to quarterback inability and... Uh, the right situation that's needed for them to propel themselves on a deep playoff. And, and maybe like 
This is going to, I don't know if y'all are going to like this or not, but Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, I think, is Kirk Cousins. probably in this conversation. Like, though, that bubble has to burst, right? In the At some point in the playoffs, this oh, yeah, yeah. miracle season has to burst at some point. 100%. Sure. I mean, if you're going to give Trevor Lawrence his flowers, give Kirk his flowers, man. He's a gamer, too. Okay. He's clutch, and he makes big throws. He's and also not in the his windows. second year in the NFL. And yeah, Trevor Lawrence, say, is, like, I don't think, is in his second season in the NFL. He is literally. He is literally in his second <laughs> season in the NFL. There is but, no debating that. So there is that, no disputing that. He is so in his second season. the fact that Trevor Lawrence looks so good that you don't even believe he's in the South. No, it season, just feels like it's been, been this guy's just been around right. a long time and he's nobody really cares because the Jags don't do anything. We've been so, watching nope. him throw. The, like, it's because he started off four years at Clemson. Yeah. Or three years, I guess. That's a good point. Yeah, he's been in and our eyesight for so long. Being under Urban Meyer in his first year probably aged him a good five or yes, six years. Yes. And nobody watched the Jacksonville Jaguars game the entire season last I year. didn't until yesterday. All right, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's right. I'm just saying Dexter Lawrence. Allen is in Lake Worth. What's up, Alan? Hey, guys. Uh, the craziest game of the weekend is uh, Tampa Bay because Tom Brady threw away his life to be embarrassed uh, ending his career this way. <laughs> threw away his life. Oh, man. Thank you. Appreciate the call. Hey, if the Panthers catch and pass the Buccaneers and get into the playoffs, what? I'm saying if. I'm, I'm sorry. When the Panthers <laughs> catch and pass, like, that is going to be one of the. Tom Brady's having such a – this is not good for his um, legacy. I, no, but what I, are they, I don't think the Panthers are going to catch the Bucs. They're one game back, and they have the Bucs yeah, on their schedule. They're all one game back, though. Right. New Orleans, mean? Atlanta, Carolina. Why is, are you going with Carolina? I think Carolina's the best team in the NFC. I would South say New Orleans. Orleans. Melting down against the Bengals, and then all the rest of the Drek in that division are two very different <laughs> things. Yeah. Uh, like, Listen, here he is. Here is a five-possession span for the Bucs in the second half yesterday, okay? The Bucs, 17, Cincinnati, 3, turnover on downs. Then it's the Bucs, 17, Cincinnati, 6. Interception thrown by Tom Brady. Then it's the Buccaneers, 17, Cincinnati, 12. Fumble. Then it's the Bengals, 20, Tampa Bay, 17. Fumble. Then it's the Bengals, 27, Tampa Bay, 17. Interception. Five straight possessions, five turnovers. Oh my God! Yeah, like they're they're bad, bad. They're and did you ever? Bad. Even when the Bucks were up ten zip, and the Bucks were up, and I think it was seventeen three. Yep. Like you said, it never felt like the Bucks were going to win that game. I never felt like the Bucks were going to win that game, especially with the Bengals being the type of second half team that they've been through this Joe Burrow tenure, and also what we've seen from the Bucks over the past three or four weeks. I was like, okay, so at what point do they start vomiting on themselves? And it happened instantly. Well, you got that Brady train to the Bay Area. I feel it more than ever. So you think he's going he, to so, so he he, so, so, so that was all fun and games a couple weeks ago, but the more this declines, like the less San Francisco is going to want this cat. Why would they cat. want that? I don't think they would want that right now. I love this. I love that we're doing this. I wake up so happy that this happens because you can't talk about the other 12 the same way anymore because this 12 right here, everybody's goat. <laughs> we're talking about the goat vomit. It's a, we're talking about it's a matter of time before the goat vomits on himself. This is uh, this is this the is, best day of my life. It's crazy, but it's true. Like I mean, it, it is. This is what we've been watching. If you've been watching the NFL the past two or three weeks, you take the name off the back of that jersey. You know, it's it's you're expecting it to be bad. So uh, so the, the the twelve in green and gold is coming to Hard Rock Stadium on Sunday, which is a must win for the Dolphins. A must win for the Dolphins. We're gonna have a state of the Dolphins in the second hour, but before we do that, we will come back. And it is a dog bleep Monday. Mm. A dog bleep Monday. Robert Sala, what is it? What is it, Robert Sala? Um, yeah, it's dog.
That's right. Dog Bleep Monday. What was the Dog Bleep Sports Performance of the Weekend? And holy hell, do we have a lot of them. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Which sports performance this weekend had you stomping it out in a paper bag while it's on fire on your doorstep? What was the Dog Bleep Sports Performance of the Weekend? 888-760-3776. He's Theodore CW, PTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.